0: With you this morning, turn with me to Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4, it's the final chapter in the book of Jonah, and we are wrapping up a series of messages that we've called the Gospel according to Jonah. Our goal during this series has been to examine the scriptures, specifically the book of Jonah, through a gospel centric lens. What gives us permission to do that is Jesus' own statement. The scribes and the Pharisees asked Jesus for a sign something that would prove that Jesus' words were, were true. And in response, Jesus makes a comparison of himself with Jonah. We find this in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 and 40. It says, quote, But he, that's Jesus, answered and said to them, that's the scribes and Pharisees, an evil and adulterous generation will seek after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Quote. Now, Jesus affirms at least three things in these two passages. We looked at this the past couple of weeks, but let's look at it again. Number one, Jesus identified Jonah as a real historical person. He affirms that this is the prophet Jonah uh, that served the northern kingdom, as we see in 2 Kings 14, verse 25. Jesus not only affirmed that he is a real historical person, Jesus affirms that Nineveh is a real historical city in which the people repented at the preaching of Jonah. And then third, Jesus affirms That the narrative of Jonah was real and and it was a historical event. It's a historical event in which Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish. Now, in chapter one, we saw the introduction of the first two themes of the gospel. The four themes of the gospel, again, are creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And in chapter one, we're introduced to those first two themes, creation and the fall. We see that God is the creator of all things. He's creator of of Jonah. He is the creator of the sea. He is the creator of everything. And God called Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and address the wickedness of the people there. But Jonah rebels, and that's the second theme of the gospel, the fall. Jonah rebelled because of a sinful nature. In chapter 2, Jonah is in the belly of this great fish, and he cries out to God. And we see this third theme of the gospel emerge, the redemption of Jonah. And then in chapter 3, Jonah warns Nineveh that judgment is coming in 40 days unless they repent. And the people did. They repented. And once again, what do we see? We see the third theme of the gospel being uh, illustrated once again, redemption. This time it's not the redemption of Jonah. This time it's the redemption of a city, the city of Nineveh. In fact, if the book of Jonah had ended at the close of chapter 3, then history would have hailed Jonah as one of the greatest prophets of all time. He preached one message that resulted in thousands of people turning to the Lord. However, it is in this final chapter, chapter 4, that we discover the heart of the problem has been Jonah's heart So this morning, I want us to consider three things about Jonah's response and ask God to examine our own heart as we look at chapter four. Key point number one for us this morning is this. Your character is more important than your reputation. Your character is more important than your reputation. Let's look at Jonah chapter four, verses one through four to begin with. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Let's pause there for a minute. Jonah was concerned for his reputation among the Jewish people, right? I mean, keep in mind that the Jewish people wanted to see the Assyrian people destroyed. These were wicked people. This was the enemy, right? This is, this is the people that, that uh, the city of Nineveh, were, they were so wicked, perhaps the most wicked among the wicked, And imagine what Jonah's friends would think when they find out that Jonah was the means of saving the very people of Nineveh from God's wrath. (laughs) They would say, you did what? Now this is the type of behavior, uh, and this type of behavior could have damaged the reputation of Jonah. It would have damaged his reputation to the point of being labeled a traitor to the people of Israel. I mean, no wonder that Jonah was ready to submit his resignation in chapter 1. Remember that? He's ready to quit. He's running the other direction. Jonah saw the people of Nineveh and the, and the people of Assyria as a dangerous enemy to the people of God who should be destroyed. And we must make sure that our concern for what people might think doesn't become more important than having character see reputation is what other people think about you that's your reputation character is who you really are character is who who you are at your core do you make choices that are based upon your reputation in other words what people will think about you or do you make choices based upon your character what God will think about you you know this is the second time now that jonah would rather die than not have his own way what an incredible incredible insight i hope that we would make decisions based upon our character and not just based upon what people would think let's continue as we look at verses 5 through 8 key point number 2 key point number 2 is this your character is revealed in what makes you angry your character is revealed And what makes you angry? Let's look again at verse 5 through 8. So Jonah went out of the city and sat at the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it cover up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Now we need to pause there again, right? Jonah could have taught the people in Nineveh about the one true living God. I mean, he could have—he couldn't have just, he, you know, given his message and then he—and then he walked away. But he could have stayed. He could have shared the message and then helped the people of Nineveh understand what it means to live for the one true living God. But instead, what did Jonah do? He did the bare minimum that God required. He went into the city, he gave the message that God said, and then he packed his bags and he was out. He warned the people of God's judgment and then he left. And the Bible gives us a great way to test our character. We ask ourselves this question, what makes you angry? What makes you angry? In, in contrast, you might ask what, what makes you happy, but what makes you ah, just angry? Remember in chapter one that the wind obeyed God, the sea obeyed God, and even the great fish obeyed God. In the midst of the storm, even the pagan mariners called upon God. In fact, the only one who didn't listen to God was Jonah. And then in chapter four, now we're here in chapter four, the pagan Ninevites have called upon God. The vine has now obeyed God. The worm has obeyed God. The wind continues to obey God. Jonah still doesn't seem to get it. He's the only one that is still so inward focused that he's missing the big picture. Instead, what does Jonah do? Jonah gets upset that he isn't getting his way. It makes him angry. And I I want us to examine our own hearts, examine my heart, for you to examine your heart. What makes you angry? What is it that angers you inside? And the answer to that question is going to reveal something about your character. You know, Jonah was happy to have shade, but then angry to have it removed. Who does God think he is, right? I mean, listen to verse verse 5. There he, that's Jonah, Made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. Now, there's two problems with Jonah's actions. Number one, he thinks he made the shelter himself, right? I mean, there he made a shelter and he sat under it with the shade, but the very next verse tells us that it was God who provided the vine for him to use. So, sometimes we think that we do things on our own and we don't realize God is the provider. God is the one that's providing uh, the things that we need. And, you know, Jonah thinks he's done this all by himself, but yet it was the God, it was God himself who provided the vine. The second problem with Jonah's actions is that he was actually hoping that God's wrath would still be poured out on Nineveh. And he wanted to watch from a distance. I mean, here he is packing up his bags. He's, he, he doesn't leave. He doesn't head home. What does he do? He sits by the hillside. He wants to see what's going to happen. He, he is still kind of in the back of his mind, hoping that God's wrath is still going to be poured out on Nineveh. If the things that make you angry are going to reveal something about your character, then I need to examine those things more closely. I want them to reveal the character of God. If there's something that I'm angry about, I want it to be things that would even anger God. I want that to reveal the character of God in my life, not my old sinful nature.